Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 171. Chapter 8. He said the dead had souls, and when I asked him how that could be, I thought the dead were souls. He broke my trance. Don't that make you suspicious, that there's something the dead are keeping back? Yes, there's something the dead are keeping back. Robert Frost, Two Witches. The week before Christmas is often a quiet one in a funeral parlor, Shadow learned over supper. Mr. Ibis explained it to him. The lingering ones are holding on for one final Christmas, said Mr. Ibis, or even for New Year's, while the others, the ones for whom other people's jollity and celebration will prove too painful, have not yet been tipped over the edge by that last showing of It's a Wonderful Life, have not quite encountered the final straw, or should I say, the final sprig of holly, that breaks not the camel's, but the reindeer's back. He made a little noise as he said it, half smirk, half snort, which suggested that he had just uttered a well-honed phrase of which he was particularly fond. Ibis and Jackal was a small family-owned funeral home, one of the last truly independent funeral homes in the area, or so Mr. Ibis maintained. Most fields of human merchandising value nationwide brand identities, he said. Mr. Ibis spoke in explanations, a gentle, earnest lecturing that put Shadow in mind of a college professor who used to work out at the muscle farm, and who could not talk, could only discourse, expound, explain. Shadow had figured out within the first few minutes of meeting Mr. Ibis that his expected part in any conversation with the funeral director was to say as little as possible. They were sitting in a small restaurant, two blocks from Ibis and Jackal's funeral home. Shadow's supper consisted of an all-day full breakfast. It came with hush puppies, while... And that's our page... All right, chapter 8 begins. We start with a quote from American poet Robert Frost. Frost was a favorite of John F. Kennedy and was asked to read at Kennedy's inauguration. He was born in 1874 and died in 1963. Most known for his poems about life in rural parts of America, especially the Northeast. The poem this quote comes from stated on the page as two witches, but sometimes referred to as the Witch of Coos, and that's C-O-O-S, not the one that I always think of, ignore me, is uh, the, the, the poem is quite a bit different from Frost's typical output, like The Gift Outright or The Road Not Taken. It's a story about a man who takes shelter on a farm with a young boy and his mother, who is a witch. It's got magic, murder, sex, well, hints that sex happened anyway, a walking skeleton, and possibly my favorite Robert Frost poem by a good country mile. Although, when I made that note, I had to then Google the term country mile. Anyhow, the quote foreshadows a large part of the chapter, considering that Shadow is staying in a funeral parlor. The page proper begins with Shadow having supper with Mr. Ibis. Ibis makes a joke that is really remarkably terrible, and I absolutely love him for it. It's certainly the kind of joke I would make, and the sound that is described on the page is something that I've been pretty intimately familiar with over the last, oh, I don't know, 25 years of my life and making just terrible, terrible jokes. And now that I think of it, there's actually a pun that becomes central to the plot nearer to the end of the novel. I wonder how many there are in the book. I guess that's something I'll pay attention to from this point on. It's a Wonderful Life is a 1946 film starring Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed that was directed by Frank Capra. While it's now considered a Christmas classic, the film was not popular in its original theatrical run, and only truly became popular because it was put into heavy rotation during the 1976 Christmas season, and a classic was rediscovered. The film is based on the short story The Greatest Gift by Philip Van Doren Stern. 
The story was originally given as a gift to friends, but eventually was published in Reader's Scope and Good Housekeeping magazines before being made into the film that we all know and... Well, we know it, at least. Shadow recognizes that Mr. Ibis really only expects an audience more than a conversational partner. This makes sense given that we know... This makes sense given what we know from when we met Mr. Ibis before uh, Essie's story began. He also appeared in Shadow's Dream in the, uh, oh, the Hall of Forgotten Gods or the Hall of Dead Gods. What was it called? You'd think someone who'd been reading this book for the last six goddamn months would remember that. But page 54, he's described as a voice, fussy and exact, as well as, quote, if it were addressing a class. So this definitely fits in with how we've previously met him. And he asserts that people are more interested in brand identities than they are in the smaller companies like Jackal and Ibis, for instance. Although, I don't know that I know any national funeral home brands. But I I get what he's saying, and this will come up again I think I discuss it tomorrow, maybe a little more, but it comes up with Jackal in about two weeks as well. So we'll have plenty of time to discuss it. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash worldbeyondpodcast. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember... Only the gods are real.